What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. Sam and Matt back at it. We are in week 10 of the NFL season. I cannot believe it. I feel like every time we get to this point of the season, we always say the same thing. Where the heck did the season go? Um, But here we are. And we have two lowly New York teams that we're going to get to. Uh, The Giants play uh, Sunday against the Cowboys, to which right now I see them as a 17-point dog. And then the Jets, Sunday night, everyone going to be looking forward to the big Zach Wilson, Aiden O'Connell matchup of the century. Uh, We'll get to some Brian Cashman comments, some Yankee talk early on. Definitely want to hit on some basketball as well. Um, I'll start the episode as I always do. Matt, how are we doing today? I'm doing all right. Yeah, we pen already. It really is. It's kind of a shame. It's kind of coming down the wire already. Yeah, and and honestly, I I don't want to sound like it's, uh, you know, cliche, but you get closer and closer to the end, the games mean more and more. For the Giants, they mean, you know, maybe getting a worse pick, as we discussed on the last podcast, and maybe going in a different direction. Uh, and then for the Jets, find yourself at 4-4, four and four, and let's be honest, very winnable game here against the Raiders. Uh, kind of can knock yourself out or put yourself back into a, a real playoff contention here. But let's, uh, let, let's start with, you know, I don't want to say the cornerstone of the show, but definitely a, a very strong foundation piece of the show. And well, you know what? Brian Cashman would probably call it the cornerstone of every show. Y- yeah. Okay. So let's let's start with Cashman because you, if we're, we're a little late to the party, um, just our recording schedule, you know. But Brian Cashman came out and gave a very fiery, feisty, and uh, I, I don't even have another adjective, but aggressive even kind of uh, press conference or it was just kind of him outside of uh, I think some sort of meeting and a bunch of reporters just kind of slapped their microphones in front of his face and it, it got chippy. It got uh, contentious. He, he sounded very defensive. And to be honest, he sounded like a guy who just had a very, very underwhelming. His team had a very, very underwhelming season. Uh, and, and Matt, my first question to you is, have you ever heard or ha- would you have ever expected anyone from the Yankees to ever have a press conference like that. No. And honestly, I'm not sure I've ever seen a GM, you know, in sports have a press conference like that. Um, I think the most interesting part about it is, you know, it didn't exactly mirror the comments given by Hal Steinbrenner, which we discussed uh, the day they happened. Uh, We just kind of got in right before Brian Cashman had, you know, for all intents and purposes, it it was a a hissy fit. It's kind of what it felt like. And, you know, Hal Steinbrenner did more of the, you know, he, he kind of stayed more on the fan service side of things and saying, listen, you know, we understand that, you know, our goals haven't been accomplished here or anything like that. Uh, and then there's Cashman on the flip side, kind of uh, just, just I, I don't really know where the the tempers flared. I don't know if it's the accusations of being analytically driven. Um, I don't know if it's just, you know, not being used to having a season like last season, because I think if you how long has Brian Cashman been the GM or are we at 30 years? approaching if not right so i think and all that time if you weigh you know expectation versus you know product and result i think that this might have been you know the least successful season in his entire tenure as the yankee gm i actually might even guarantee that um yeah so i i just think it was just an area he wasn't familiar with and you know, we'll get into all the exact comments, you know, especially, you know, when he when he talks about how large or how driven they are by analytics and things like that. And um, I, I was just very puzzled by the whole thing. Yeah, so definitely a lot of quotables that came out of it as well. Uh, you know, the the one that I saw and I thought, you know, I, me, a lot of Yankee fans I see on, on Twitter, uh, a lot of Yankee fans I see, uh, you know, just a lot of people. They, they, the quote was the Yankees are, or Cashman said, we're pretty effing good verbatim. And a lot of people, a lot of outlets saw that and thought it was a joke and thought it was kind of like, you know, just a ha ha, you know, Cashman poking fun at him kind of thing for, like you said, having a very underwhelming season. You know, I I think it's one thing I agree with you in the fact that it, it, it came off as very much of like a hissy fit, but I think it's definitely, there's definitely a, I don't want to spin it in a positive way because I really do think it was a bad look for Cashman and a bad look for the Yankees. But I, I always go back to when, when people have problems with, you know, what things people say uh, in interviews and the way people handle losing, 
you know, what do you want to say? They're, they're bad. Like you just signed Aaron judge to this huge contract last year. He's obviously being, being becoming more and more vocal and, and making decisions uh, with the front office. You're about to get Garrett Cole, uh, have the, the Cy Young in the American league. Uh, you know, I think if you're Brian Cashman, you can, you can say to, you know, to yourself saying, saying or thinking that we're pretty effing good is one thing, but I just think the timing of it. And then to, to say that while also saying a bunch of ridiculous quotes, like you said, backing up the analytic department and saying that we don't even have the, we don't even have the biggest analytic department in the AL East and, and just kind of like, it just he kind of talked himself in circles a little bit and, and kind of thing. cornered himself. That is the thing, because I, I don't even know what he meant or what really triggered him about the, you know, the accusations of being analytically driven. Because, you know, he says, you know, for people to say that we use analytics as a driver, uh, that would be a lie. Um, yeah. And, then, and, you know, I can't argue with him there. Um, I know that analytics are a big part of what they do. Anybody with a brain knows that. But his rebuttal to the reporter was that, you know, we have, and I think this is verbatim. So this isn't even, uh, this isn't talking about being driven by analytics, how often or how, how well they use them. This was just, we have the smallest analytics department in the AL East. And it's something that's very easily researchable. They apparently have the second biggest in all baseball. So that's what, when you say he was talking in circles, that's, that's why I kind of, I gravitate to the word, you know, the term hissy fit is just because like, I don't even know if he knew what he was saying. Yeah. And I, when he, when he said that it kind of, again, it, it came off as like very, very defensive. And, and, you know, if you've ever been in a really, I guess it, it did get heated. It, it almost came off as more so like a heated argument than a press conference. And it almost like, I don't want to say like he slipped up, uh, but really I've been trying to think of, you're right. People researched it and it was found out that the Yankees, that, that is just a total lie. That, that's just not true. Uh, but I've been trying to think about like what he means by that. Like when, when he says we have, we don't have, we have the, what do you say? The second smallest, was it in the AL East or the second least? Um, no, he said it was the smallest in the division. So the smallest. And in it turns division. out it's the second, just in terms of, you know, number of employees, which is really the only way you could measure how, you know, large your analytic department is, they're second behind Tampa Bay in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah. And, and it's, and it, again, to say that and, and then have it, again, be very easily researched and ultimately not true after you had a, you know, a very, very underwhelming season, perhaps the worst in your tenure, that's, it's just not a good look. You know, even if it was like kind of true, like even if it was, you know, maybe they, they had the, the, they actually did have a relatively small analytic department. It, maybe they're middle of the pack. That would be one thing. But I think it's when you, when you talk about analytics, you know, whether you have one guy doing everything or you have a million guys doing it, ultimately it, it comes out onto the field. And if you're, if you're, if well, you're that's his bad, point. That, that was his point. He's saying that it's not the base of everything we do. And for people to say that is a lie. Yeah. But, and, and then like the way he kind of defended that was, by saying, all right, well, if our analytics are so bad, then when we got rid of Joey Gallo, why did other highly analytical teams pick them up? Joey Gallo, he brought up Sonny Gray and kind of poked fun at poked fun at people poking fun at him for those trades. And I just thought it was it was it was crazy to think. And I mean, there, there was more there were, there were so many little quotes here and there that kind of bothered me. Like he, he got into it with I believe it was Joel Sherman. Uh, and he said they were talking about, you know, why haven't guys come up and hit? And they, they brought up a guy like Peraza and they were talking about the, there was a uh, back to back, uh, back and forth, excuse me, between Sherman and Cashman about Peraza specifically. And one of the quotes that bothered me was, you know, Cashman kept saying, well, if he would hit, he'd play. And then Joel Sherman's like, well, where do, how is he supposed to hit if he's not playing? And then Cashman brought up the fact that, well, where did you want him to play? You have DJ LeMahieu, Glaber Torres, who had a great season. Uh, and then another line of defense there for him was saying that he had Josh Donaldson in front of him, which, yeah. look, Cashman, I don't know. It could be you. It could be the one analytic guy you have. It could be the hundred analytic guys you have. Whoever is telling you that Josh Donaldson deserved to play over Oswald Peraza for whatever amount of time it was, three quarters of the season last year, a half the season, should not have a job. I don't care who told you that is just 
you that should that can't be used as a defense when it's just totally not the right way to think of things. And also he he brought up also getting to the Joey Gallo thing. He brought up the fact that, you know, how can you say we're totally analytical when, you know, the reason we traded for Joey Gallo was a a big part because we had a guy or they had a guy in Rugnet Odor who played with Joey Gallo and said, yeah, he can handle New York well. Because that really worked. Like, uh, to me, that's like, he's doing, he's kind of just, we said, talking into circles. He's not, he's like digging his own grave there. Where he's just yeah, kind of like saying. It, it almost came off like, like blaming Odor. <laughs> like as yeah. if he part of the front office. It was just a strange comment to throw out uh, in front of a hundred microphones. Yeah. And, and, and then going after obviously and you know it was on all on the back page of the new york post and everyone started ripping cashman and really started to question this front office uh, an interesting quote came out from Hal that i think clearly shows that there's a little bit of a rift here um that he's he made it clear when he said how steinbrenner said judge and i are we are you know fully equipped to make uh you know unspecified decisions and he it, it was interesting that he singled out himself and judge in, in a case where, you know, he could have easily said, yeah, we have the right guys and all, you know, all the guys in the room, we'll have a big meeting, whatever you want to say. But he specifically made it a point to say, judge and I have are fully equipped. And I think that, I think that Hal probably looks at this and says, look, Brian, like we're, I'm watching the playoffs. Now I see Bryce Harper, who you passed on. I see Corey Seager, who you passed on. And, and I'm sure judge is thinking along the same lines as Hal and saying, I don't want this guy to pass on more guys while I'm here. Like I want the right guys to come in here and I want the right guys to be here while I'm here and I'm fully able and in the prime of my career. I, and I think that judge is totally in the right for that. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And and I actually think that that was a refreshing thing to hear that they, you know, they have the captain in on conversations like that and, and, you know, things of that nature, but the whole thing, I, I really couldn't wrap my head around, um, Especially when, you know, I don't think you're going into a season where, you know, you're going to completely flip the narrative or anything like that. So, you know, the the more you spew out comments like that, I mean, the, the more pressure there's going to be and the more naysayers there's going to be. And it's it just I don't know. I, I don't think he helped himself at all. No, definitely not. But but what I will say is like it, this happens I don't want to say it happens in every sport, but you, a lot of times you see it in basketball where, you know, you'll have the disgruntled star and then that disgruntled star gets uh, either a trade or the team makes a trade for someone that they want. You know, the ultimate remedy here would be signing a guy like Juan Soto or signing a guy like Shohei Otani, which, you know, Cashman might disagree with and might say, you know, might, he might have a different approach to it and he might not be at the forefront of making that uh, a huge decision like that. But I think from the fans' point of view, that's got to be the remedy. The remedy to this is not, uh, you know, not signing these marginal guys that can just, you know, you know, hit your two hundred, hit your two twenty for three months, get hurt for another three, and you know, your your standard, you know, Brian Cashman signings, we'll say. But you know, really make sign an impact player here, and I think a lot of this gets swept under the rug. I, I feel like you're right because I, 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 I mean, he's not talking like someone who's, you know, fearing losing his job. I know this isn't a rebuild or anything like that, but, you know, they're kind of trusting Brian to retool the Yankees and maybe have to do it again. He he doesn't sound like someone who's on his way out at all. Um, So I I feel like if he's going to go out there and make comments like that, you know, talk to reporters like that, you'd have to think there's something coming. Yeah. You mean you hope so? Like you can't, if you're Brian Cashman and you're, you're having this kind of press conference, you can't, have this press kind of like say anything really that you just said and then ultimately you know just stick to your ways that you that brought you to this point in the first place that's you know, I, I, don't, I don't think he even won like a single argument during the you know because these were really heated conversations i mean we went over you know the analytic department the size of it and how maybe that wasn't completely true and then in the bickering with the reporter where he's saying oh, well where's he gonna play where's he gonna play it's kind of like, isn't that your job to where if he's going to hit, then he should be playing, especially when you're going to name, you know, a Josh Donaldson. Like, isn't that what your job is? I just, I think he just, he took L's left and right because I, I just don't think he was, he was focused. Yeah. And again, 
I think this we're, we're very obviously still very early in the offseason and very the 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 disappointing season that the Yankees just had is very much still at the forefront of a lot of Yankee fans minds. And, and I think, you know, I think Cashman, we say this a lot and, and Yankee fans might not want to hear this, but look, there this his least impressive season, a lot of franchises would would die for. Seriously. So I think, you know, well, a franchise would die for the season the Yankees just had. Would the would the Royals not sign up for the same record? This right, the Yankees record. Well, sure, but like that's like saying like, would any team sign up to have the Yankee payroll and expectations and miss the playoffs? I don't think so. No, but uh, but what I'm what I'm kind of saying is, when you strip it all back, and again you get to the field and the record, Brian Cashman still is a very impressive, very. I don't see like not this past season though. I feel like he might have done the least impressive job in all baseball this past season, just based on expectation. Sure. I mean, well, I would argue the Mets, but. Well, yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, Nonetheless, it's, it's, it just got ugly uh, for a little bit there. And I think it's, you know, I think there's going to be more to come about, you know, more about this possible rift in the front office and maybe where judge stands in all of this and, uh, you know, kind of his feelings on, on, on some of the ways that the Yankees approach things. He already said the other day that uh, he judge believes that the Yankees need to kind of uh, look, look more into batting average and RBIs versus just power numbers. And, and See, just... that exactly that, that is. So when you say when, you know, we're going over Cashman, you know, the, the most infamous comment being, you know, we're pretty effing good. And then, you know, your rebuttal to that was sort of, well, what is he supposed to say? See, I feel like the media, they got off to a good start. I think that those were the things that should have been said. You know, they talked about bunting. We heard about batting averages. We heard about, you know, things that that maybe they didn't preach or, or, or try to utilize as much last season and saying that maybe that's where this went wrong. That's what I won from Cashman, not we're pretty effing good. There are other things to say. There's ways to address, you know, the season that just happened um, without acting like a four-year-old. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not trying to defend Cashman's, you know, rebuttal to any of this because it it's total lunacy. It, it is really lunacy. But I I just think that if you're a Yankee fan, again, the ultimate remedy will be them signing or making a big move here. And I think that you can you can kind of have faith in them doing that. Every time that they they it seemed like an obvious move, at the least the Yankees have been involved. And you know they brought in a Garrett Cole who's better win the Cy Young. Obviously, Judge is not a not wasn't an addition, but they they give him the biggest contract in Yankee history, and that was just just this last off season. So, I think if you're the, if you're a Yankee fan, I think it's obviously tough times, but I, I think there's there's uh, greener pastures ahead. Is what I'm I guess I'm trying to say. I think I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. Just, in terms of just that, you know, let's call it a press conference. I, I just didn't get it. Yeah. I, I, and we might not ever get it, you know, it might not ever come out. And again, you might, you might get the big signing and you never hear about any sort of front office rift ever again. We might never know, but uh, for, for the time being, definitely an ugly look there for Cashman. Um, anything else on, on, on the Yankees, anything you want to add about the Mets before we get into some, some football here? No, I think the Mets are radio silent. We're kind of squared away with them. Yeah, we definitely, definitely covered them enough. Um Unfortunately, we, we do have to cover the two New York local teams uh, this weekend. Um, let, let's start with the Giants. So the first game, we're not even going to get into much X's and O's of this game because I think oh. we, we said previously that we don't really even see in a, a world where the Giants can, can win this game. Um, they're 17-point underdogs going to Dallas, uh, playing the Cowboys, and, uh, you know, if you if you watched week one where the Giants were what they were supposed to be going into the year, now they are much lesser of a team playing a Dallas Cowboy team coming off a, a divisional loss to the Eagles. Uh, this is this has beatdown written all over it, and the line of seventeen definitely indicates that it's going to be tough to watch. I don't know how if you're a Giant fan how, how you watch the game. Um, you know, the line being at 17 is hilarious, and but I, I almost feel like it's low. I think the only way to approach talking about this game is almost like from a betting standpoint. Yeah, well, it's it's almost like it's like a college football game. Like, will the will the unranked team 
be able to hang with the, the yeah. fifth best team in the, in the country. Like that's exactly what this is. And it, it feels like a college football uh, sort of atmosphere. The, the over under 39. I mean, this game might be 24 to three, you know, and, and it yeah. might not, it might not ever be a game. You know, we've obviously, I don't, uh, people say the phrase, you know, we've seen crazier things. I don't know if we have with this, if the giants were to pull this one off, I don't know if we'd be able to see have seen anything crazier than if the Giants won this game. No, and and I don't think they want to. You know, I think if you look around every media outlet, um, you know, around the area, talk to any Giant fan, uh, everyone's all in on the tank because you really don't have have any options right now. You would have to think the front office, who can't really declare that, uh, you'd have to think they're on the same page. So I think if you're a Giant fan, maybe you watch Red Zone all day and. You go into this game and you're just happy knowing, you know, there's no way they're They set themselves up. They will definitely lose this game. Yeah. So I and think that's really all there is to look forward to. I mean, Tommy DeVito might be your key to, to the next quarterback of the franchise. I think Tyrod Taylor is a couple weeks away. How do you let Tyrod Taylor play another game as a giant if you're trying to tank? I, I think he'll lock you into three more wins. Yeah, because he, he's a serviceable NFL quarterback. And you yeah. have a serviceable NFL defense. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. They, they he would luck you into one, if not two, uh, two wins for sure. The the real win for the Giants this week happened last night. Uh, the uh, you know the the game between the the Panthers and the Bears, ultimately resulting in the Giants now currently as we sit having the third pick in the NFL draft as of right now, which is a win, being that they had the fourth before last night's game. Yeah. So uh, th- they got their win there. Let's let's play a little would you rather, right? Because we, we kind of spoke about, look, I think we can acknowledge the fact that the Giants might, you know, in their truth of truths, might really not want to win this game, given, you know, the, the future uh, potential of, of a better draft pick and tanking. But it, let's just say you were the Giants. Like, and... I have to win this game. Like, I, I'm, I'm managing the Giants and my life depends on this one game. Yes. So I'm going to give you some names. Don't, don't worry about, you know, learning the offense. Let's just assume that, that all these guys, they say, know the offense and know the, you know, just all of that. That uh, you know, To be fair, I don't think Tommy DeVito knows the offense. He might not know how to throw, so that's that's another thing. Um, so I'm going to give you some names. These are just a, a, a smorgasbord list of some guys that I I would like to see what you think. And, you know, get and these their circumstances obviously matter as well. So number one. Matt Ryan, if Matt Ryan were signed to the Giants for this game and this game only, would you rather him be at the helm than Tommy DeVito? Current Matt oh, Ryan, yeah. not not prime Matt Ryan, like t- this week. Understood, yeah. I mean, how could you say no? I mean, he, he's very recently an NFL player. Uh, I mean, a few years removed now from being an effective NFL quarterback. But, um, you know, I was thinking earlier, like Matt Ryan expressed Jets uh, uh, interest to come to the Jets earlier this year. And I was thinking about this this morning, like, man, why, why isn't he with the Jets? So, yeah, I would think Matt Ryan over Tommy DeVito uh, every day. All right. So let's go. Then let's go to last night's game. Bryce Young. And I only get him for one game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you'd have to. I mean, they're, they're both rookies, right? And, and there's one that... Uh, there's one that's highly touted, and there's one that no one knows who he is. So, okay, your guy Ryan Fitzpatrick. He, yeah, he, he's, he's he could still win NFL games now. You think so? He's only a year removed from being in the league, and two years removed from playing pretty well in Miami. Okay. I think at least at the very least, you put Ryan Fitzpatrick in the game, saying like, "Well, you can at least throw the ball twenty times." Okay, so then that will that'll I was gonna say Phil Rivers is my next one. Um, but yeah, I feel like you feel very very similar about that. And then my last one, the the uh, I was unbeknownst to me, and apparently you knew all about this, but last night uh, Tyson Bajant, the Bears quarterback who uh, division two Heisman and I, I was this was brought up during the broadcast last night, but apparently his father is a uh, world champion arm wrestler that hosts arm wrestling leagues uh wherever he's from and he was won the division two heisman and his last college game was against the colorado school of the mines and which he lost through two interceptions and then the next game in his life he plays the minnesota vikings i just thought that was crazy i'm gonna assume your answer is yes but would you rather 
Tyson Bajan as the quarterback tomorrow. Yeah, that was really funny. I looked into Tyson Bajan, went to Shepherd College. I don't even know if it's Shepherd University. I think it's a Division II school. And yeah, if you look at just his his career, there is a there's a gap there in between college and pro. But it's it reads Colorado School of Mines, Minnesota Vikings, and I thought that was great. Um, what a, yeah, I mean, he, he won an NFL game last night, right? So yeah, I'll take. It. Yeah, I I, so I think, I think Tommy DeVito is the only person in the NFL saving Zach Wilson right now from being the worst current, you know, starting quarterback. You might, you might be right, which is kind of a crazy thing to, yeah. to think about. And, and uh, all right. So that brings my last one. Would you rather have Zach Wilson or Tommy DeVito? That's actually tough. That's genuinely tough. I agree because Zach Wilson has also, you know, he's been throwing the ball more for sure, but, what use is that if it's you don't do anything about it? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, honestly, I, I'm so. And we'll get to the Jets. I'm so hungry for the Jets to be willing to make a change. That, um, yeah, give me Tommy DeVito. Let's let's tank with Tommy then. Interesting. All right. So so moral of the story is we have we see some ugly ugly quarterback play here in New York, especially this weekend. Um, so all right, let's uh, let's let's give a pick here. I, I don't even want to get into the X's and O's of it. I guess I'll take the, the Cowboys minus the 17. Yeah, I think you have to. Uh, I, I don't really – I mean, are the Giants going to improve from the last time they played the Cowboys? Maybe they will in the point spread, but really, are, are they going to score any more than 11 points? Probably not. And you'd have to think the Cowboys are just – they're just going to – they're going to have the ball all game. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think – and they're just going to – the only way I, th- I think the Giants can keep this close is if the Cowboys – again, keyword being keep it close – and not win, but if the Cowboys just totally overlook them and, and kind of come out and, and they lose or they start playing sloppy football and even even the Cowboys at sloppy football would beat the Giants, though. That's the thing. Yes. So uh, really, really uh, just kind of going to be a tough watch on Sunday. Uh, I'll, I'm obviously going to be watching, but um, for how long to be determined. Um, luckily enough, the Jets, uh, you know, we get to watch the beautiful – Tommy DeVito Giants go to Dallas, followed up by the Sunday night gem, Aaron Rodgers versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, what could have been turned into Zach Wilson versus Aiden O'Connell. Um, I'm sure the uh, NBC crew is just absolutely thrilled for that matchup. But like I said, you know, or I guess unlike the Giants, this is a winnable game for the Jets. And, you know, you got to throw away. An, uh, an abysmal and I, I would say embarrassing performance at home uh, this past week against the Chargers. Uh, we, we spoke about that enough, I believe, but you kind of have to put this behind you. And if you're the Jets, you look at the Raiders and they obviously, again, have a new coach, new quarterback, and, or new young quarterback against your defense, who's probably going to be licking their chops all day to get at this guy. This could be a really ugly game. The Jets are, are one-point dogs as of right now. Um, I, I don't know. Give, give me your give me your path to win to victory here for the Jets. Yeah, I mean, this is tough. This, this kind of feels like similar to last week where I just don't know that you're going to score enough points to win. And, and obviously, I don't think the Raiders are, you know, some juggernaut. I know that uh, they just got rid of their head coach. And, you know, this, so I think this is, their, this is Antonio Pierce's second game head coaching. Um, Aiden O'Connell, not a lot of NFL action. I, I understand all that, but it feels like that's a team that kind of, you know, they dropped their issues a couple weeks ago, and it feels like the Jets are swimming in their issues. So I think the the Raiders are coming into this game saying, yeah, we, we should beat this team. They're kind of in that honeymoon phase with Aiden O'Connell, and, you know, the reason for that being is just that he's not Jimmy Garoppolo, kind of like what we saw with Mike White last year. Um, I like the way the Raiders are trending more than I like the Jets, but – I just think the most dominant aspect on the field Sunday should be the Jets defense. We say it every week. Um, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to win another game like that, because like we said, the Giant win, the Philly win, um, who is the, the Buffalo win. They all felt like miracle wins. Those aren't those don't just fall on, you know, those don't fall off trees. Um, so I, yeah. I don't feel really confident, but this is the epitome of a must win game. It, it's It's the definition of a must win game, because after this, you know, you got Buffalo again. No one's expecting you to sweep Buffalo. Uh, and then you have Miami. That's another team where we're going to be saying, how are you going to score enough points to hang with this team? 
But I, listen, would I love to see the Jets get to five and four, beat a team that you're supposed to beat? Uh, yeah, yeah, because then I, I, my whole thing is, I, and even for us to have this conversation, and I kind of want you on the same page, you said last week, well, playoff now, I'm not even thinking about it. I just think for my own sanity, I still have to go into this game saying, like, this will be a huge win in terms of playoff implications. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's a, it's a must win. I, I We throw that around a lot, but... The, you know the difference between uh, five and four and four and five in in the AFC, like you just said, is is out versus not. And like we said, I mean, I kind of thought that they could definitely beat the Chargers. I, I was obviously skeptical, you know, going into the game, but I think the Raiders are a worse team than than the the Chargers, and I think that the Jets, you know, you you said it perfectly. They're the, the best. Part of this game will be the Jets' defense by a, by a wide margin, I believe, and I think that you know if Zach Wilson really wants to kind of, in a way, I think he's playing for his job. I just want, I'll cut to the chase. I think if they, the, the words that Robert Sala said this week, and kind of the hesitancy to kind of say why Zach Wilson was still playing, and uh, you know, kind of really fully back him up, where what we like we've seen in the past, I think. I think Zach Wilson has played his best with his back against the wall. You know, think about the Giant game where he was kind of handed that opportunity to go march down the field and, and kick a uh, kick a field goal there and ultimately get a win there against a, a lowly, lowly Giants team. But, you know, maybe this is the Zach, another Zach Wilson against back against the wall game where, you know, he's kind of got nothing to lose. And you can say that every week you obviously are evaluated and every week uh, you should be, you know, you should be looked at as as possibly being replaced when you're you're Zach Wilson and you have a guy like Trevor Simeon who look not that impressive, but let, let if you break it down, Trevor Simeon, 35 games in his NFL career, 59% completion percentage, 81.1 rating, 42 touchdowns, 28 interceptions. Not impressive whatsoever. I'm not going to toot the horn of Trevor Simeon and. I'm not ordering any jerseys or calling for, uh, you know, Trevor Simeon to be the, the quarterback going forward. But you think about those numbers, you then you look at Zach Wilson's 30 games, a worse completion percentage of 56%, a worse rating with 72.3, uh, 20 touchdowns, 23 interceptions. Simeon makes Zach Wilson or Zach Wilson makes Simeon look like a, a stud in the NFL numbers wise. Yes. And and so, what do we always say? We always say. If the Jets had bad quarterback play, they'd be a pretty damn good team. And then, and we do have to talk about this because it was it was a really poor answer. I feel like he didn't get jumped enough. I know it was sort of a national headline, but to and it kind of I don't know if you saw the same the same thing almost happened with Justin Fields and um, Matt Eberflus. But to ask Salah, and this was on the Michael K show, um, why not just give Simeon a try? You don't have anything to lose. You know it's not there with Zach Wilson. For his answer to be, I don't know, you got me. I'm gonna plead the fifth. That was crazy to me. What? Like yes. this is a, this is supposed to be a professional interview. Um, this is going to be the week where if they lose, I think this. You know, like I just said, the season's over, and I think at that point, uh, that's when the Jets will make their change and try to salvage the season a little bit. Um, but I just think it's going to be too little, too late, uh, like usual, and and I kind of feel like that's the way this shakes out. Yeah, and you might be right, but I, I think that you know the Jets definitely would be open to, at least how I read read into Salah's comments or, or lack thereof, is is you know in the past you know think about last year with the whole you know Mike White thing and leading up to that and, and how he was backing up Zach Wilson so much that it kind of started to piss off the defense. I think Salah doesn't want to didn't want to repeat that, and I think you know he he can take the. The, the blame for, you know, the, the pleading the fifth, sure. But I think he, he's willing to take that in place of, you know, fully backing up Zach Wilson and, and almost quadrupling down, quintupling down on Zach Wilson and then having to take it from his defense, right? So, I, you know, I think that maybe for the sake of the team and the sake of the locker room, maybe him saying that or not saying anything there is, might be the best, might have been the best thing to do. You're probably right, and that actually might have been and that might have been the reason for why that came off that way because the way that it sounded to a lot of fans and this is why you see a lot of you know conspiracy theories right now about why zach's still the starter is 
Well, there's got to be something we don't know. You know, Woody's got to be saying something. Woody's got to be saying it's Zach. You know, it's my way or the highway. Um, I, I don't. I don't think that that's the way this is shaken out. And Rex Ryan said the same thing. That's that's not the way Woody operates. I just think. You know, maybe the Jets are trying to bring Simeon along to maybe start, and, and maybe they're hoping, you know, we should be, this is a team we should be able to beat anyway. Let's get one game of 500, and then we can have a conversation about it. Maybe it's something like that. Um, I don't know. What is your read on this game so far? So, you know, the, the, throw the one point out the window because, you know, obviously if you're betting on right. this game. The Jets were, as of this morning, and the Jets are on the road, the Jets were favorited. And I guess a ton of money came in on Vegas and now this. So this game, it's it's just a pick'em. Well, we, we always like, yeah, we always like to do the, you know, you get three points for being home sort of deal. So if, if you buy into that, this is, Vegas is saying that the Jets are two points better of a team than the, than the Raiders. Because the Raiders should be giving three at home. They're only giving one. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if I agree with that, but my read is more so, on the Raiders side than the Jets, I think, I think we everyone knows what the Jets are. Whereas, like you said, the maybe the Raiders just rid themselves of all the the kind of bad juju they had there, and and you know maybe they're really rallying behind a guy like uh like uh Pierce, their their new I guess interim head coach. Um, I think they've you, you've seen you you I think you brought up the Devonte Adams comments about uh about Pierce or McDaniel or whatever yeah, the whole thing, things are going to be better now. Yeah, and I think that they're just a better team without that. And I think that if if I'm really if I really had to give a side in this game, I think the Raiders the Raiders get it done. I, I do. I think they're you know they're they're not a like you said they're they're four and five too, right? They obviously they don't have any sort of impressive wins like the Jets do. But you look at those games the Jets have won against great teams, but. You know, I always say the the ninety percent theory. I say ninety percent of the time those wins don't happen, and I get it. Like you know, I'm not taking away from their record. They're four and four for a reason. Their defense won those games for them, and there's no reason why their defense can't win this game. But honestly, I think the Raiders just have so much more snowballing in the right direction, where the Jets have a lot of snowballing in the wrong direction. Agreed. That's kind of how I kicked this off. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, so I I, however, though, I, I do like the Jets. Uh, like we said, the Jets defense is going to be the best unit that plays football on that field on Sunday night. Um, and, you know, we can look at last week. We said the Jets just didn't feel like they were ready to play. And then the Chargers return a punt for a touchdown. And you said it yourself. You were in the building that the game just kind of felt like it was over after that. So I think if, if you can kind of show up here and not let this thing snowball early. Your defense keeps you in every game, every week. There's no reason for me to think that they're not gonna stand on their heads again. Um, and I just think the Raiders aren't what the Chargers are up front. That was kind of undersung last week. Um, you know, not to shed any blame off Zach Wilson or anything. I think he's dreadful. But I, I think the Jets will get some things going on offense, uh, unlike last week. Whether it's Brees Hall taking over a game, something like that. I think the Jets have more they have more ways that they could potentially win a football game against the Raiders. Um, just because I, I don't think the defense is going to let up. Uh, and I, I hope so, but I think I've, I'm always, I've always been sort of, you know, when you, when you talk about like defensive teams and especially with the jets, I feel like in the back of my mind, I'm always looking, not looking for, but I'm always on the lookout for the one game where that's just not the case. Like the one game where the, the jets defense just, doesn't get up for it. Like, you know, like what, what happens when Zach Wilson throws a pick on the first drive and the defense just throws their arms up and goes, damn, this guy again, he's this guy's, this is what this guy's doing now. Yeah. That's always going to be the, it's always a possibility. And I think that, you know, when, when you talk about snowballing and whatnot, when, when it, you, you kind of are putting yourself in, like I said, back against the wall and yes, Zach Wilson has performed well so far with his back against the wall. But I think, you know, it can only come to a certain point. And I think that this week, it's something smells fishy about this this week for the Jets. And I'm, I'm not, I don't like their chances there. Um, let me ask you this to close out the, our Jet thoughts, unless you had any others. How annoying is it going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 to see the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams love fest after the Jets lose this game? Yeah, not only that, I feel like we're going to see them on camera a lot and things like yeah. that. And then, you know, there's going to be a picture of them hugging. And then for months, we're going to have to hear, is Devontae Adams going to be a Jet? You know, yep. I, I, yeah, we, we know how this goes uh, around New York. It's going to be a pain. 
yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm not. I'm definitely not looking forward to that. You know what? I'll, I'll take it if the Jets can get a win, obviously. But uh, I, I think the, you know, I'm again, I'm skeptical on this game. So, uh, anything else you want to add to this a Sunday night? It's no. I, you know, I think if this game kind of kicks off the way that you just suggested it might, right? Like, let's say the Jets go out there and Zach Wilson does get turned over early to start the game, kind of like he was last week with the fumble. I would be curious to know how short the leash is as of this moment in time right now. You know, meaning Trevor Simeons, they, they've had a couple weeks to bring him along. I don't really under, I don't know, you know, the quality of reps he gets or anything like that. But I, I would like to know, listen, are, are we close on that then? Like if Zach Wilson's gonna go out there and show you guys, I, I'm about to lose this game for us again. And this is crucial, this is must win. I'd like to see if the Jets can just make the change right there. Just, just get it done because why, do you really want to sit there after the game and face more questions? If you lose with Trevor Simeon, then there's your defense is just what else are we supposed to do? We were going to lose with Zach Wilson too. It's not that difficult. I think the fear is that they think that Zach Wilson, they lose him forever if they if they were to turn away from him now. But I, I just think he's so far gone already anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and I think, but, but again, on the flip side of that, you know, we, we, you kind of have to look at the other possibility because, again, it's football and, you know, any given Sunday, blah, blah, blah. What if Zach Wilson goes and has another great game with his back against the wall, right? You know, what 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 then? Because then I think Zach Wilson could very well, you know, expel all of the – he can buy himself the rest of the season with a good game here, yes or no, with a really good game. Well, I don't know about the rest of the season. It's going to ma- – it's going to, you know, because – Let's say like we're we're coming towards the end of the season and it's another game just like this because it's going to soften up again after that Buffalo game, after that Miami game. You know, if, if he's looking to cost you a playoff spot, I'm not sure that he buys himself the rest of the season. But I mean, I would like for him to have a good performance just to buy me a week of you know taking in sports radio and not having to hear it. I'm I'm just I'm tired of hearing his name. I wish he, the best thing for him is to just be invisible. Yeah, don't don't be the main storyline. I, I couldn't agree with you anymore. Um, let's uh let's get into the rest of the league. Let's get into our picks. Um, I, I think I swept, so I believe I'm going to go first. If that if that is okay with you. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and, and did you want to give the uh, the score right now? Because you are uh, you're making a run. I, I'm I'm definitely making a run here. It is. Uh, let me let me get that up real quick. The I, I believe I have a better record than you, although the point allocation puts you ahead. So I am 12 and 7 on the year on my picks, where you are 11, 6, and 1. You have 19 points given our underdog pick uh, method, and I have 18 points. Um, our guest picks 6, 2, and 1. Um, very impressive all across the board. Very good. Um, by all of us. So let's, let's look to continue that rolling. Um, I'll go first. And I'm, it, it, you're gonna laugh at my two picks, but I picked the Steelers last week. I'm picking them again, right? I took them minus three last week, or minus two and a half against the Titans. I think the Titans are much better than the Packers. I get Mike Tomlin at home again, only three points. I think it's, if anything, I think the line's a little bit suspicious, uh, suspiciously low. Kenny Pickett, obviously, there's been questions about, you know, whether he's the guy there in uh, in Pittsburgh, but. When I when I'm when I'm betting on the, the Steelers at home, it's it's a Mike Tomlin bet more so than anything else. And you know, give me give me them to win by a field goal against a worse team than the Titans, and they beat the Titans last week. I'm going back where my bread is buttered. Yeah, in our pre-show, I was saying this is a tough slate, and that Steelers uh, Packers game was one of the games where I said, like, how am I supposed to pick a game like this? They're all just tough. Um, but you know, given the Mike Tomlin of it all, and you know, that's a that's a very on-brand pick for you, and I don't really hate it. Um, it was a tough week. Um, I'll start off with my one-point play. Uh, this was a tough one, um, just given kind of uh, what the 49ers have dealt with lately. But I think we're expecting a healthy Brock Purdy, you know, a non-concussed Brock Purdy. Um, they're going into Jacksonville. Jacksonville's really impressed me lately. Um, but still, I, I think if I'm going to get, uh, if I'm if I'm going to give three points as the Niners ever, um, I'm going to jump all over that. So. Uh, yeah, that's going to be my one-point play. The San Francisco 49ers on the road in Jacksonville, uh, giving three. Uh, I, li- I like that a lot. Um, I-, I I like to stay away from the Jaguars. Honestly, they're very, very hit or miss for me. 
and I get to thinking. I'm, you know, I, I kind of agree with you there, honestly. But the Jaguars are just – I see them, and I think that they're still a very strangely valued team in the eyes of Vegas. So I, I, I stay away from – tend to stay away from those games as best I can. Um, for my two-point pick, again, my picks last week were Steelers-Bengals. And albeit this week, Steelers-Bengals yet again. I get the Bengals at home, less than a touchdown, six and a half points to the Texans. I think everyone's obviously high on C.J. Stroud and the Texans and, and you know, the unbelievable game that C.J. Stroud played last week. He's a great player. I've, we've sung the praises of him in the, in the past, and we were we were on the, you know, Texans are not that bad, bad wagon, you know, much before most, most other people that I've listened to. Uh, but I think the Bengals are, I've locked in my Joe Burrow MVP vet. Um, I think that, the you know, getting a couple wins here, the Bengals are rolling. They're healthy. I can get them under a touchdown against the Texans team that, you know, they might be okay. They, they might be a 500 team, but I think the Bengals will ultimately win 12, 13 games this season. And I think they're just a superior team that, are that again, are rolling. So I'll take the Bengals less than a touchdown, giving six and a half. Uh, I thought about that one, too, until I kind of realized, you know, the, the Bengals' pass defense kind of struggles a lot. And I love the pick. I just, you know, I kind of looked at it and said, C.J. Stroud's coming off five touchdown passes. I just, you know, I kind of just figured I'm better off not touching that one. But then again, it was a tough slate. So for my two-point play, I am going all the way to Monday night. And I'm taking the Bills to cover seven and a half against Denver. Home in Buffalo, uh, Monday night football. Do you know? Am I expecting the Bills to get to five and five because they were beaten by a, a, a lowly Denver team? No, not really. Um, it's a tough number because it is pretty high. Uh, you know, we've seen the Denver play some good offense. You know, so, so there's a chance they can hang around. I just think this should be a this has to be on prime time uh, a statement win uh, for the Bills. Yeah, this I like that spot there for the Bills. Um, the the hook kind of scares me a little bit though. You know, I think I think this could very easily be six point seven point game and, and you know the bills could have easily dominated from front to back yeah uh, and you don't and you don't cover like one of those scenarios which would be very unfortunate for you but um i i think i, I think i like that pick if i had to take a pick there but again that's a that's a stay away from me i think the broncos are very they're they're interesting because they don't play a lick of defense but they play some really good offense bills have had some some big defensive injuries that before last week all were kind of brought to a head and, and kind of were, were thought of to be, you know, oh, what is this Bills team? You know, they're sitting here five and four when everyone probably thought they would be m more closely to seven and two, six and three. Um, yeah, this is a Josh uh, Allen bet for sure. Yeah, it, it's yeah, you're betting on Josh Allen. You're betting on a good Josh Allen game. And, uh, you know, it's never a bad thing, but he's a very up and down quarterback. So uh, I will respectfully stay away. Um, let's get to the rest of the games. Uh, kind of an interesting slate here. Um, we have we got a 9:30 game this week of a glorious Colts against the New England Patriots. Patriots home, per se, uh, getting one and a half points. Uh, a boring one for sure. Yeah, um, I might not wake up for this one. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Give me a Belichick and the Patriots. I, I know he's got to he's got to get a couple wins somewhere if he's going to break the record. So. Yeah, it's uh, and and honestly, if you're if you're into you know NFL script making, how do you how do you bring the Patriots to Germany, the you know the the illustrious Patriots, the illustrious Tom Brady, Belichick, Robert Kraft, worldwide spectacle that is the New England Patriots, and have them lose this game, right? Yeah. You know if you're yeah, you're sure, that's that not how I would have wrote it for sure. Yeah, so I'll take the Patriots plus one and a half there as well. Um, I'm already on the Bengals minus six and a half. Uh, where what do you side on that? Yeah, I'm with you. I like the pick. I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm getting a little high on the Texans. So like really, some of the in-depth, like Stroud stats from this year are really like crazy impressive. And not even yeah. in-depth ones. He has one interception. Yeah, he's 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 been amazing. He's been really good. Touchdowns, like he, he's really like he's an NFL quarterback for sure. Imagine, imagine you're you have Bryce Young and you pick Bryce Young over uh, over CJ Stroud, and you have to watch this now. Yeah, stinks. Yeah, definitely stinks. Um, the next game, this is a this is a darling game. The Vikings, now led by Josh Dobbs, plus three at home to the Saints. Thought about this one. I I like the Vikings to just win this game straight out, 
Uh, I think the Saints. This is the Saints on the road are a much different team than the Saints at home. Um, and I think I like. I think they're going to rally behind Josh Dobbs here in Minnesota. And give me the Vikings plus three. I can bet on the Vikings now that Kirk Cousins is in a. Yeah, is in there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think so too. I, I'm kind of. Uh, I don't know. I feel like with the Saints, any time that you see Taysom Hill's volume get heightened like dramatically. Uh, that kind of tells you that they just don't have much going on on offense. That's what I think the Saints are. I think the Vikings just cohesively are, are a better team. Uh, I think they're home, and I think the, you know the the good feelings of last week haven't worn off yet. I think uh, I think they're gonna be up for this game. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, so we're both on the Vikings there. Let's get to the next game. I'm already on the Steelers minus three against the Packers. I believe yeah, you I'm are as well. Cool. Already already went through that. Next game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers host the Tennessee Titans Buccaneers giving one very similar kind of line reading here by me and uh, like I said about the Jet game uh, saying that the Titans are two points better than the Buccaneers with the home field advantage Will Levis now they're committed to to him as a starting quarterback um, I'll, I like the Titans I don't think the Bucs are that impressive at all I think so too but if you posed this game to me a couple weeks ago I probably would have taken Tampa um just another one of those scenarios where you know titans trending upward buccaneers trending downward um i I like the titans too i think they have more ways to take over a game uh than tampa does yeah i think so too and i think levis definitely opens up that offense a lot and i think when you open up an offense when you have derrick henry in the backfield uh, it definitely provides some problems that could be a very thorn in the side sort of team uh going forward and i just think they're better than the the buccaneers to be quite honest and i love mike brable mike brable might be my like second favorite coach in the league so 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 wait um, are you three favorite coaches in the nfl all named mike so you got tomlin Vrabel, and then mcdaniel i'm not i'm not the big i i was a big mcdaniels guy i'm not a to me he's he's kind of getting a little reaching corny territory for me i'm a bill guy honestly it's getting to a point now where like you watch him and you're like okay like you're doing a bit now yeah yeah exactly i'm a bill same thing as Jokic. would you agree with me on that i'm starting to get annoyed by the whole, oh, you know, basketball, whatever. I don't care. It's it's so clearly an act now that I don't find it charming anymore. It just annoys me. I love Jokic, so you're barking up the wrong tree there. All right. Um, next game, you already gave your lean on it. 49ers head to Jacksonville. This is this might be the game of the day, honestly, uh, you know, record-wise. Um, I'll, I'll take the 49ers, given the three. I, I think, you know, they, they're going to get Debo back this week. Uh, they Purdy, obviously, obviously, you know, coming off the bye, getting another week to get healthy. Um, I think this team will start clicking, and I think that this might be the – I said this about the, the Bengals, but this might be the cheapest line you get the 49ers at the rest of the year. Um, I'll, take the, I'll take the 49ers heading to Jacksonville and, and uh, beating the Jaguars there. Uh, next game, another divisional game here. This could be, this could be a really, really good game, uh, depending on what kind of Deshaun Watson you get. But the five and three Browns head to the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens seven and two, looking like perhaps the best team in the AFC, all things considered. Ravens giving six and a half at home. This is tough. I mean, you could definitely make the argument that you know Cleveland's probably you know they, they might be fielding the best defense in the NFL. Um, this is a t- I just think with the six and a half. I find myself leaning Cleveland. And you're right, it's it's just going to depend on what kind of Deshaun Watson you get and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I just think it's it's basically a touchdown. Uh, give me Cleveland. I expect a low-scoring game, and I, and I kind of think Cleveland's going to be in it. I'm going to flip-flop you there. I like the Ravens. I think that this is a game where we, we've seen the Ravens handle teams. They handle the Lions. Um, they, they, they seem to just always find a way to win games. You know, I get they're not undefeated, but – they're, they're just I, – Harbaugh is another one of my favorite coaches. Um, and, and, again, Lamar is just such a dynamic playmaker that you can you can give him the best defense in the league. And I think that he kind of – Lamar is going to do what Lamar is going to do. It doesn't really matter who the defense is, in my opinion. Um, and, and I think that, you know, Deshaun Watson against – if not the best defense in the set – this might be the two best defenses in the entire AFC going against one another. I agree this could be a low-scoring affair. But I, I like the Ravens to win this by more than a touchdown for sure. I think you get a bad. Anyway, I just think I, I just feel like for a seven and two team, there's something about the Ravens, and there's got to be a reason that they don't get that same sort of, you know, regard as all the other, uh, you know, Super Bowl contenders. And I just feel like there's there's something about the Ravens that people just don't trust that they're in that upper echelon right now. 
you might be right, but you know who I really don't trust? Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I don't trust so, him to do anything. Yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my stance on that game. Um, next game, you get Kyler Murray back in Arizona as they host the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I believe Taylor Heineke is still at the helm there for the Falcons. I'll say this: I was big on the you know Cardinals don't want to win. They they're going to get Kyler Murray back for what reason? I don't know. Why not just shelf him and get a better pick? Bad organizations do silly things, and a bad organization will end up winning themselves out of a number one pick. And I think that's what the Cardinals will begin to do this weekend. I'll take the Cardinals plus one and a half here at home. Yeah, so this is going to be interesting watching the Cardinals, and this is going to be the first week we're going to see it. With Kyler Murray, and not only him, I mean, James Conner, who's your best running back, he got off to an electric start uh, before hitting the IR earlier this season. So if, if you're the Cardinals and you're looking to lose this game, it's kind of like, how are you going to do it? Because you're not going to tell guys they can't play. Uh, is it going to be a play calling thing? I don't know. It kind of feels like they're setting themselves up uh, to, to win a game or two. Um, so I, it's a tough game to pick because I, I don't really know where the Cardinals are at. Are they going into this game saying, well, we, we, you know, it's nice to have everyone back. But we do got to lose this game. Or are they just playing football? I don't really know. Um, given that, I'll take the Falcons kind of just to be on the other side of you. Um, I really, I just don't know what kind of temperament the Cardinals come out with. Yeah, I mean, they're in possession of the pick. Like, do you really want to lose it? Bad organizations do silly things. It yeah, never has. The Jets almost beat the Raiders that one well, time. The Jets, the Jets won themselves out of Trevor Lawrence. So they did. Yes, they did. Uh, there you go. That might be. This might be another case of that. Uh, next game. This is another interesting one. I, I like a lot of these these dogs this week. To be quite honest, the Lions head to uh, Los Angeles play the Chargers. Chargers are plus three at home after a nice, impressive win against the Jets. You know, again, albeit, you know, they, their offense kind of got got stopped, but they're going to face a much, much lesser defense in the Lions this week. Give me the Chargers plus three. Give me the Chargers to win this game outright. I almost agree because it's kind of like we all know the Chargers could turn it on at any moment. Like, you know, Eckler was off to a slow start. Everybody's kind of hot right now. And, um, you know, coming off a big win. They're at home against Detroit. This is, you know, not as good a defense, but a bigger test. I kind of like the Chargers, too. I think they're going to work themselves, you know, right back into the conversation in the AFC. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that this is – they're another team to watch that is they can win this game and I, they will leapfrog the Jets. If the Jets lose and the Chargers win, I believe the Chargers – yeah, the Chargers will be ahead of the Jets in the standings, and that will be a, a full game ahead of the Jets, being that they beat them, so – Right. Um, big game, big game for the Chargers. Maybe you get the little hungrier dog effect there. Um, the Lions, obviously six and two, but you know six and two, you fall to six and three. You're still in that upper echelon, and this isn't a, a detriment on the on the Lions, but I just think the Chargers are, are, are kind of figuring it out here, and I think that they. they I win think this so game. too. Um, we they, already they, went they used the Jets as their get right game. They're good now. They're good. I agree. They they already saw the best defense they'll probably see. So. Uh, let's see what they do against the Lions. We already went over the, the feeble Giants-Cowboy game. Next, we have the Commanders heading to Seattle. Seattle giving six. Um, I, I like Seattle here, and I think, you know, I, I said this last week with the Patriots, where, you know, think about uh, think about the Commanders, right? They they put all their stock in the Sam Howell train, perceivably, and, and now they're, you're going to have to see where he takes you. But ultimately, you sell a lot of your defensive pieces. Maybe that doesn't catch up to you against the the, the Patriots and how bad they are. But I, I think the the Seahawks get this done minus six. Um, yeah, I'm proud of that. They're just home, and you know the line is a touchdown. I, I'm I'm right with you. Yeah, Seattle. But you know if this game were on mutual ground, I, I think six points. I, I'd have to think about because I don't think Washington's been bad. Yeah, I I don't think so. I mean, either, they, they've but... definitely been bad at times. But just overall, I don't think they've been so horrible. I think it's I think it's an interesting line. Six is an interesting line here because it's under the seven. You know, I think that if it gets bumped up to seven, seven and a half, you, you end up in in very strange territory there. Where, like I said, you, you win that game by a field goal. I mean, a, a touchdown, and and you ultimately uh, don't cover. Um, but I, I think six, two field goals, or or this could be this could be a blowout. To be honest, if the Seahawks have been kind of. You know, not playing the, the best offense of late, but I think they definitely have some some big weapons. It's been quiet for Kenneth Walker of late, quiet for Tyler Lockett of late, quiet for DK Metcalf of late. I think he only had one catch last week. Could this be the week that that offense kind of rebounds? 
against a, against a team that's selling their defensive pieces or already sold their defensive pieces, I'll buy it. So uh, next is the another uh, feeble matchup. We already spoke about the Jets and the Raiders. And then uh, the Bills and the Broncos, Monday Night Football. I'll give my lean. Uh, I Part of me, like, wants to take the Broncos plus seven and a half because I think this becomes a shootout. And I think that favors a seven and a half line. I just, I, I think the same thing. My whole thinking on taking Buffalo is just, I don't think, I know they've been okay offensively. I still don't think they're, they're going to hang with, you know, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Like when it comes down to it in a shootout, I mean, give me the bills every time. The hook is tough. That half point is very tough. Um, and, but that's the only reason this was a tough game to pick. I mean, if that's six and a half, it's, it's the game of the week for me. Yeah. I, it's a, it's a, I agree. I, I think this, the line is definitely something. I think the hook, the hook is kind of getting me there. So um, I, I'm going to flip flop you there, but solid week. You know, we've been successful. If, if you're listening here now, you know, I think it would be best of your best interest to, to tail our picks because we are, we have been more than profitable um, we could, I feel like we could like lose out almost and still find some profitability somewhere. Yeah, probably. So, um, anything else on this slate? I, I that get probably wasn't couple. a good sell to the audience. Like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to start tailing now, we might lose out, but still. Well, I, I kind of want to, I wanted to make them feel guilty for not tailing if they yeah. haven't. So, yeah. you know, uh, the, the other side of that, um, real quick, I don't want to spend, you know, too much time on it. Uh, the Knicks, look, they they played the the sixth toughest schedule in the in the league. Uh, you know, leading up to the season, uh, they had, they were their schedule was the sixth toughest according to all stats and info or whatever. And they find themselves at four and four. And I think that you know going forward, they get it. They get a big win uh, against the, the debut of Wemby, and the lights have never shined brighter on a player that I can remember. Uh, he was visibly shaken. Or by the by the by Madison Square Garden. See, so um, I wanted to ask you about that because I agree. Um, you know, he definitely didn't get off to a good start, and I feel like the, the easy thing to do is attribute it to like, well, it's Madison Square Garden. But you know, leading up to the game, he doesn't seem to really like, and not for any you know any reason other than just you know he's not from here. So he's talking about Madison Square Garden. He refers to it as you know I heard it's I heard it's one of the best basketball gyms, which was funny and cute. Um, and then after the game, you know, I thought it was going to be bigger and things like that. I just like, I, I don't know. I feel like to not have in your mind what Madison Square Garden is, like, you know, a guy like LeBron, a guy like Curry, they go to the garden and they understand what that means um, in the NBA. I feel like Wembenyana isn't there. So I, I just, I don't know, like, why would the garden be the thing to kind of to shake him? Just the crowd being as, you know, because the crowd was very much into the game. It's tough to really say, but I think just the allure of, you know, it was a it was a national TV game. It was, you know, the again, Madison Square Garden, I think for any any sort of, uh, you know, basketball player or someone. I think if you're that big of a player, no matter where you're from, you kind of know what the garden is like. You can't be I don't think anyone's really that much in the dark of like the allure of it and whatnot. And, and like not for nothing the Knicks just played him well. How about that? I don't think that maybe the garden wasn't the, the biggest factor more so than I just thought the Knicks kind of shut him down for, for, you know, most for majority of the game until the end of the game, when stuff started to get away. And it, it you know, I, I think that's more what I, I read into it more so than just him getting shook by the lights, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and, you know, just a couple, a couple more notes on the Knicks, obviously, uh, very football centric episode here, given it's our preview. But um, a report came out the other day that Julius Randle, in the beginning of the, the first couple of games of the season, was playing with a, um, I believe he said seventy percent, uh, with a with an injured ankle. Um, he, I believe, he had off season ankle uh, surgery that maybe it was just too soon to rehab. But he he has had a couple of games in a row here where he's been pretty good and has said that uh, he's feeling near a hundred percent. So, um. Again, you, you go four and four. We, I feel like we said this about the Jets. We're saying it about the Knicks. You go four and four against the tough part of your schedule to start the season. Then you get a little bit of a weak spot. Here's where you have to start winning games, and here's where all the pressure is going to be. So, um, again, a nice win the other night. 
The the Knicks play a Sunday matinee against a very, very winnable team uh, in the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they 12 o'clock on Sunday, right before you get a, if you're a New York fan, you get a nice viewing schedule on Sunday. You get the Knicks at 12 and then you get the, the giants at four, the, the, uh, Tommy DeVito game. And then you get Zach Wilson versus Aiden O'Connell at eight o'clock. Lock it in. Ugh. By the way, I really, there's something about it. I, I really don't like, um, not in NBA games. Uh, so I, I kind of thought the same for a little bit, but I think part of me now Nick's on a Sunday, like a Sunday, 12 o'clock game. Give me it. I love it. You know, let me, I'll, I'll put t- the football on my, especially, let me say this, especially when the the Jets or the Giants are not on at one. That's true. That's true. You this know, game I in think particular that's, that's kind of works factor. out. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a big factor here. But um, other, other local notes here, uh, Nets lose Cam Thomas for two weeks. He was going crazy. He dropped 45 or something the other night. Um, he's out with an ankle sprain. He'll be back in, he'll be back in, they say two weeks, but you know, the Nets, obviously expectations might get in their way. This could be a dark couple of weeks for the Nets and they might uh, lose some more games than, than they originally anticipated. Obviously you lose your, one of your better players and, uh, and uh, that might be the case for most teams, but he'll be back. And uh, I think the Nets are, the Nets will be, you know, somewhat formidable. I think I, I painted them out to be, uh, you know, a fringe playoff team here in the East that, you know, struggling for an eight seed, but um, we'll, we'll see what that leads the Nets, but nothing, nothing more of, of note there. Uh, anything else you wanted to add on, on the basketball front, anything we spoke about before we get out of here? No, not really. Just uh, enjoy the football and this, uh, this Jets game, whether it's, you know, win or loss for the next couple of weeks, that game is really going to, going to control the, uh, the tone of the show. I mean, if they lose, it's almost like, yeah, we, we're gonna have to fish for things to talk about. Yeah, it definitely will, and it, it's it, it could get late early. Let's just let's just say let's just say that to bring a yogiism into the end of the show here. So uh, we we could be talking about Jets potential playoffs. We could be talking about you know what team might have the higher pick. So uh, definitely a big week for that. Obviously, every week is big. Week ten, can't believe it. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, follow us on all of our socials and enjoy the football. Go Jets. Go Knicks. Peace out.